The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Yeah, my name is Les Vogler, and I'm representing Nebraska Bowl Service, Vogler Seaman Center, Vogler Cattle, uh, and those can be found at uh, NebraskaBowlService.com, VoglerSeaman.com, or VoglerCattle.com. In this episode of the Bullpen, uh, I visit with a family friend that is doing an, an awesome job uh, with social media and stuff, and she is a young and up-and-coming uh, ag advocate uh, out of the state of Texas, a very special young lady. Uh, so sit back and take and listen to an episode with an ag chick, Allie Spears. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, um, I'm Allie Spears, and what else you, would you like for an introduction, I well, guess? Well, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good start. Okay, Allie, uh, give us a little bit of background, uh, where you come from and what you're doing and uh, where you're at right now. Yeah, so I am originally from Northern California. I grew up on my family's um, ranch and farming operation, and I decided I wanted to leave California for college. So I attended Texas A&M, got my degree in ag business, and decided I was not quite done with the Lone Star State. So I stuck around um, to start my current position, which is a program coordinator for the Department of Poultry Science here at Texas A&M. just started grad school, so that's been a, a fun change of pace um, to get back in the school mode of things after three years. Um, and then I have an agricultural advocacy brand called Ag Chicks, uh, where I highlight women in agriculture. And then my mom and I also have a um, antique business um, called Junk and Disorderly. So wow. lots going on. Wow, that's quite a background. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the beginning, Allie. So you moved from uh, Northern California to Texas to go to school. What, uh, why did you choose uh, Texas A&M? Yeah, so I traveled all over the nation um, showing cattle. So, and, but yet the one place I had never been was Texas. So um, I was actually like 99% sold on Colorado state. Mm. I really wanted to leave California with kind of hopes and goals that I would end up back home. So I wanted to do something different for college. Mm -hmm. Um, And we actually had gotten back from visiting Colorado and my acceptance letter to A&M was in the mail. And my parents were kind of like, you know, are are you sure you still want to go to Colorado? Like, what's up? (laughs) And I said, you know, I kind of want to just visit A&M just to make sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah. Um, five minutes on campus and I was like, yep, we can, um, tell Colorado I'm not coming. I am definitely coming to Texas A&M. Um, it was just kind of like the whole vibe of everyone was friendly, the whole Southern hospitality. Um, people said, howdy, people had boots on, people drove trucks and I was just kind of like, yep, these are my people. There you go. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up here. Well, awesome. Yeah. That, and that's, that's. Because I've known you, I've known you for a while, but to me, that's like the perfect fit for you. Because yeah, CSU is a great, a great uh, school and everything, but just the whole political climate or whatever to go yes. from Colorado to uh, 
to Texas. I, I'm sure your dad's probably pretty sweet with that, right? Yeah, it, that was the one thing um, when I did move here. And people, the first thing when people find out you're from California, they yeah. say, um, you know, what's your political affiliation and do you surf? And so <laughs> um, do not surf. I have, I've only surfed in Hawaii. Yeah. And then once they kind of figure out you're along the same political lines, then um, then you're OK. But definitely have to uh, ease into that one kind of right. Kind of yeah. Slow pace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, you're young enough to do that. Yeah. Me, you get older, older and you just you don't give a damn. You just jump yeah. right into it and go. So, yes. but, uh, so, so you're, you were born in, in born in California and moved to Texas A&M. So you have some, uh, tell us a little bit about your agricultural background back in California. Yeah. So, um, my dad owns and operates a vegetable seed and transplant company. Um, and our family has always really been involved in agriculture. Um, I kind of say I'm a fourth generation farmer rancher as far as kind of how far back our roots go. Um, and we, or I was raised on um, the ranch that my mom grew up on. So we had, um, we have a herd of cattle. Um, I showed livestock growing up. That's how we met the Voglers. Um, And then um, we had some hay, tomatoes, different crops, just kind of depending on where things were at with um, my dad's busy seasons. And um, yeah, I I fell in love with agriculture at a very young age through livestock showing and then um, through 4-H and FFA through livestock judging as well. And so I kind of always knew I wanted to be involved in agriculture, but I wasn't totally sure what that looked like. Um, at a young, when I was in high school trying to figure out where I wanted to go to college, I kind of always thought I would do something with ag policy or ag law. Um, and it just, it didn't quite pan out that way, but, um, I think what I'm doing now is, is going to have some circulation back to that and just kind of look like a little bit different than I had initially thought of, um, way back when I was younger, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. So what are you doing now? Yeah, so <laughs> um, I have a full-time job, like I mentioned, at A&M, um, but kind of my my big thing that I'm really focusing on right now is Ag Chicks, and that started last year at the beginning of COVID when I was working remotely at home. Um, my boyfriend had found a calf on the river and brought it home, and that was kind of my first jump back into Texas agriculture as far as being involved in the livestock industry. Um, so we raised this bottle calf. And through that, I kind of reconnected to my agriculture roots and realized that I really missed um, miss being connected and miss being a, having that a part of my life. So uh, through some conversations with my parents um, and some other individuals, I realized that, you know what, women in agriculture are a really big deal that kind of gets underplayed. Um, so I decided... I decided I wanted to start highlighting that. And so that's kind of where Ag Chicks came from. Um, started with some social media stuff and a podcast. And it has kind of just taken off from there. I've been shocked at the the amount of people I've been able to connect with through it and the stories I've gotten to tell. And um, just really the big thing for me was being back a part of agriculture yep. and being able to share the stories of agriculture with the the factuality behind it um not letting you know someone else tell ag story yeah i have somebody with some background and experience behind it like you that can actually you know tell the truth or or right. tell, tell it like it is so the name ag chicks 
So uh, it's pretty catchy. It's 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 I love it. So that kind of comes back from some of your schooling, didn't it? For what you were doing at A and M, I'm I'm just taking a guess here. From weren't you uh, part of the poultry division? Yeah, so I um, I actually had zero poultry experience. Um, my major was ag business at A&M, and then my current position at A&M is through the poultry science department. So you're still there but, with them? Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So I had no poultry background, no poultry experience. Um, initially, when Ag Chicks started, I had um, another young lady who was going to be helping me with some things, and she was involved in poultry. So that's kind of where that came from, to tie it all together. Um, but obviously, play on words. Um, right, my, yeah, mom and, my mom and I are really into that, uh, <laughs> as our other um, business, Junk and Disorderly. So yeah. had to keep the trend going. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah I love them both. So with, with, with the Ag Chicks, so you're an <clears throat> Ag Advocate. So uh, yeah. you have the podcast, and you try to, on the podcast, what do you, I mean... What target and what what do you try to to get out there information wise? Yeah, so um, I really focused on women in agriculture, and it didn't start that way. I kind of just realized about halfway through the season, I was like, "Well, I've only talked to women, so yeah. I guess we're going to keep this trend up on the podcast." Well, that's um, I, I think that's awesome. So go ahead. Yeah, and uh, so really for me, it's finding women in agriculture um, who are just kind of doing unique things and, and helping the industry uh, in their own special way, um, whether that's being a farm wife, whether that's being someone involved in ag law. Um, I just talked to someone today who um, has a beef business uh, and a jerky business. So just kind of highlighting that women's roles don't have to fit into a little box right. um, in agriculture. You can do so many different things and there's so many different opportunities out there. Um, so really, again, just kind of telling their story and um, a new thing for season two of Ag Chicks is I am inserting my own personal story into it a little bit more. So cool. that's been hard because I'm used to talking to somebody else. And so just kind of soloing it has been an adjustment, but yeah. um, hopefully, hopefully people can get something out of that as well. Well, that'd be, that'd be a, a lot of fun. So a little bit, I mean, circling back here, how was your, how was your experience at Texas A&M being, being, uh, from, I don't know if you really don't call it rural California where you're at, but suburban California to A&M. Um, I can't imagine coming there. You know, a lot of people go to school, they have a, they know somebody, they're a roommate or right. something, but, uh, I imagine there probably is a lot of California people. Maybe they go at A&M, maybe not. I don't know. What was, yeah. how was that transition for you? It was definitely a big transition. Uh, I think that the thing that helped me the most is because I was involved in the livestock industry, um, I kind of had a pretty good idea of what agriculture kind of looked like in different places. And I had been exposed to a lot of different mm -hmm. things just because of how much we um, had the opportunity to travel with all of that. Um, so I think that definitely helped kind of have a broader scope. If I would have come here without that, kind of ex those experiences, I think I would have been terrified. Um, it's, it's a big campus. There's a lot of students and I, I mean, I knew not a single soul coming really? to Texas A&M. Yeah. And, and that was, that was also kind of intimidating because everybody kind of knew each other, um, whether it was through FFA or 4-H or showing, mm -hmm. um, the ag, world at A&M is big, but yet it's yeah. really small, just right. like anything else. Um, so I kind of had to make my 
presence known and kind of forge into some already pre uh, pre-established friendships, which it was difficult. And I mean, I'm 1800 miles from home. Yeah. I'm, I'm really close to my family. So, um, thank goodness for FaceTime and right. those kinds of yeah. things, <laughs> but it was, it was a challenge for sure. But I think it's helped me, um, become very independent and kind of, um, strengthened my own confidence in myself yeah, too exactly. I think exactly yeah I didn't know because I knew you used to show cat a lot to go to some of the national shows I didn't know if you had any connections from there at A&M or if you just went there just because you got the acceptance letter or whatever but that's that's cool that had to be a, kind of a scary situation for both you and your family but you uh you did it and obviously it was a great a great fit for you so I know one of the first times uh that I talked to you after you went through you already picked up on some of the southern accents though, haven't you <laughs> Yes, I definitely say y'all. It y'all. is a staple of my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what, yeah, y'all, I love that. So I, I came back to visit once, once you we came back and that's like the first thing you said. And I just, I was laughing so hard, but uh, that's yes. awesome. So, so you're doing ag chicks right now. What else? And, and you're working with the poultry. Is there anything else going on in that part of your life right now? Um, the biggest latest thing has been going back to grad school or starting grad school, not going back to it, starting grad school. Um, I've haven't been in school for three years. So just juggling that on top of everything else I'm doing has been quite an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I started in the summer session before all of the craziness happens in the fall. Cause right. it's been kind of a nice ease back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm studying, uh, or my, my degree will be in agricultural leadership, education and communications, which is a mouthful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but with a focus in extension. So, um, okay. my kind of end goal through all of it is to create and develop a course for students within the college of ag, um, to learn how to communicate with modern consumers. Awesome. Um, so awesome. that's, it's kind of the end goal, uh, obviously, in conjunction with all of the other things I have and, going on. And personally, I think that is going to be something that is very, very needed as we move, for, move forward, and especially with social media and all the other, you know, uh, outlets, is to get uh, to get our story out, uh, the story of agriculture, farming, ranching, whatever it is, get it out. Because right now, there's so many different groups out there kind of fighting against us, actually. So we need people like you with a voice like yours to get out there and promote agriculture or be an ag advocate, like you say. So I commend you for doing that. And uh, I think that is awesome. So uh, how about, I know you have other ventures going on. Uh, what, what uh, you and your mother have something <laughs> you kind of mentioned, brought that up earlier. Uh, tell us a little bit about junk and disorderly. Yes. I said junk, not drunk, but <laughs> however, we may, rep- you know, you never know once in a while. With you, with I you know. Two. Sometimes when we, we have to go pick, you know, we have to switch out the words when we're, we're picking for, <laughs> for junk, but yeah. um, just to keep us through, to keep us through the Texas heat some days. Right. Um, but yeah, so junk and disorderly started um, really when I moved to Texas and my parents bought a property here um, and we started decorating the house. We were kind of sharing um, on my mom's Facebook about, you know, all the things we were finding. Roundtop, Texas, um, if, if you're not familiar with that, is a, it's kind of known as the mecca of junk in Texas. And so um, Joanna Gaines from, um, you know, Joanna and Chip, that's yeah. where they shop. Um, it, it's really, it's, it's something crazy. It's literally 27 miles of junk antique 
treasures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we started shopping there and people started seeing what we were getting and buying and they wanted a part of it. So awesome. we just kind of started with doing personal orders of things. And um, it's, it's grown into a full blown business now yeah. with barn sales. And uh, we're taking our first group of women to round top uh, in October to do a junk journey and really kind of be their tour guides through that. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a great way because I am no longer living in California with my family. It's been a good way for us to kind of connect mm-hmm. and, and stay connected through, yeah. through the everything going on. That's, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I've seen some of your, I don't know if you call them live auctions or Facebook auctions or mm-hmm. whatever on TV. They're really, I mean, it's amazing some of this stuff. So who gets to haul all that back to California? Yeah. Um, lucky dad. He's done a lot of the loads. Yeah. Uh, him and my mom. Um, and we, we, we bought a bumper haul trailer last year, I guess it was. And that's been, um, helpful just because we had hauled everything in livestock trailers up to that point. And the livestock trailers don't uh, travel with antiques very well. Right. So no, no, <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately that's kind of the, the hardest part of it is figuring out transportation of everything back and forth uh so lots yeah. of long road trips at yeah. this so point. that's where you get most of your stuff is right there and from round rock texas oh, yep right here in uh round top that's about 45 round minutes yep. from yep. from where i am mm-hmm. yeah we'll have to get you up here to nebraska sometime we have uh what do they call that cam junk stock yep uh right here it's uh and i think it might be coming up soon i'm not real sure when the, when the time is but uh it's not 27 miles it might be <laughs> 40 acres but uh, it's pretty impressive so what do you see i mean you're obviously you're in grad school right now going on and it's hard to predict the future but what do you see what's your goal or what what do you see yourself doing five years from now uh that's an excellent question and i've been trying to figure it out (laughs) um and we i kind of joke that i'm like a serial entrepreneur like every time an idea comes up. I'm like, okay, cool. How can I turn that into a business? Um, which a lot of them are, those ideas are still in the formation formation process. So, um, not getting much return on, on very many of them right now. Got to plant the seeds sometime. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in five years, I would say my goal is to be, um, done with my master's, hopefully teaching a course here at A&M, um, and continuing to advocate through ag chicks. Um, and as my mom is, is nearing retirement, uh, junk and disorderly is kind of becoming more of her thing. So I'm definitely still helping. Um, but I'm hoping that she can kind of maybe take over some of that yeah. and me just kind of be a supporting role in some of those aspects. Um, and yeah, just growing this, growing our Texas herd of cattle. Um, I, I'd love to have more cattle here. Do you have, do you have some right now? We have three heifers, so nothing to, to brag now, about. But what, 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 what do you have there in Texas right now for heifers? So we have Willow, which was our bottle calf, um, oh, which so she's a mutt. I literally have no idea what she <laughs> could possibly be. Um, and then we have two American heifers, which the American cattle thing is different. <laughs> that was something I was not used to until I came, uh, came to Texas. So um, learning more about those breeds and uh, just the versatility of them. Mm-hmm. And then I think dad's wanting to get some of the Angus and semis back here too. So Let's get some, yep. Get some down there. So back in, in, did your mom have some in California too? Yes. So, well, she has Highlands. That's um, what I've, right yeah, that's what I've seen on Facebook. Yeah. Yes, the, the miniature Highlanders, big, Scottish Highlanders. Um, Right. Yeah, they're not minis, they're not but minis. Um, they, we have, shoot, we got, my so my dad bought two bred heifers <laughs> yeah. last February, um, so now we've had 
four calves and we've been through two sets of bulls. So, um, and you know, my dad, so he doesn't, he doesn't do anything small so scale, you right? Got, you so, got four and you've been through two bulls already. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it was the, um, Oh, cute. We have living brands oh, yeah. that, you know, turned into something else. Kind of like, I don't know if you, you've heard about his goat project lately. No, I haven't. Um, but yeah, similar to that, when we, yeah. my, my brother showed um, a goat at our county fair uh, that never died and is still yeah. at the ranch. And now I think, <laughs> I think they have 45 goats now or something Are you crazy kidding like me? that. No, when oh, I was I'm home. I'm going to have to be making a phone call. Yeah, when I was home in April, they had one, two, three, four, eight, eight kids, I think, born all in the span of a week. He had a baby monitor set up on his nightstand. Like, they are in full Sweet. blown to this goat deal. Darren, you are in so much trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Well, that is a lot of fun. So, Allie, how can, if people want to uh, check out Ag Chicks or check out what you're doing, how do they, how do they go about and do that? Yeah, so Ag Chicks, um, I'm on all social media platforms with if you just search ag chicks a g c h i c h s um on instagram facebook youtube and then also the podcast is now also called ag chicks um i just had a name change with all that so everything is uniform and the same perfect so once again you go to agchicks.com i don't have a website right now Um, okay that should be hopefully within the next two weeks. Gotcha. I'll have my website up, but um, on social media, if you search, Just Ag, search Chicks, Ag Chicks, it should come up and then there's, there's more links on my um, Instagram for sure. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to turn the table just a little bit on you right now, Allie, because I've, I've listened to some of your pods. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do something that you do. Okay. We're going to oh, do God. what you call rapid fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's your favorite sport? Baseball. Good answer. <laughs> your favorite cut of meat Ooh, probably new york strip oh awesome favorite vegetable green beans okay. that's been a, a, a texas acquired taste that okay. i i'm fond of now not, go, not going with tomatoes <laughs> oh i can't stand tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> all right i know uh, that's an hey, ins- my- that's a that's a family story that's an inside story all right i know yeah um <laughs> you can't stand tomatoes the vegetable oh that my goodness raised me <laughs> yeah for anybody that doesn't know her dad raises tomatoes probably has the largest greenhouse set up in the whole united states and he literally raises tomatoes and transplants them and she can't stand them I can't. I like ketchup, but that's about it. Well, there you go. Tomatoes, ketchup. Okay. What's your favorite Midwestern state? Ooh, that's hard. Um... I actually, I, I really like Nebraska. There you I'm go, really right. Driven, and and I'm, I'm not saying that because you're from Nebraska, obviously. But um, I have a lot of friends who live there, and it just looks so peaceful. Like the sand hills, I know that, yeah. you know, licks can be deceiving sometimes. but yeah, It is pretty peaceful out there. It's it looks like peaceful. a very, a great place. Nice. And I don't like horses, but it makes me just want to go saddle up a horse. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, hey, Allie, it was really a pleasure having you on today, and I really applaud what you're doing and and keep advocating for us all right i will thanks for having me on Les. thanks ali we'll talk to you later bye-bye bye a huda media production